Okay. I just want to, you know, I can describe our church in a whole lot of different ways, but just before Pastor Jeremy and Sarah come and share this morning, I want to talk about this church so you know. This church is an unusual church. Okay? It's an unusual church. Say to the person next to you, you are in an unusual church. You have got an unusual pastor. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. This church is the church unusual. I'll tell you a couple of things. This sharing of what the, the stuff that's prepared is really important because I want to tell you about this church. I'm not talking about any other church. If all churches are meant to be the same, we should just all close the doors and go to the church down the road. But uh, Pastor Jeremy, over the last couple of days, has spoken about the unique DNA of the church, of the local church. And I want to tell you about ours. Our church is for the city. And we're here to reach the city. I mean, I mean, you couldn't help but reach the city just being here. Every now and again, people are going to stumble in here and they're going to find God. They're going to stumble here and find God. It's just bound to happen. Some lady came here two weeks ago to sell berries. She thought she was coming to the market. Well, we, she sold all the berries. And I said, oh, you should hang around for church. She said, oh, no way. I couldn't do that. I'm out of here. That's what she said. Next thing, she's down here on the altar call, crying her eyes out. And I said, do you feel God? And she said, no, I don't feel God. I said, what do you feel then? You're crying. And she said, I feel love. I said, it says in the Bible, God is love. And she went, oh, unusual church. When we were away at Legacy Camp, there was a a night where we were all dancing and it was a bit crazy. And I just sat and I watched it and I just loved it because we were dancing under an open heaven. Do you know what? I believe this building is going to be open where people are just going to come in and they're going to be dancing under a different atmosphere. That's what's going to happen here. The church is for the city. If you sow the seed, and we're giving you seed to sow, and God will give you your own seed, I reckon Wade is just great at sharing memes. He just doesn't share any city builders ones. They think he's in Toby Mac's church. Come on, let's do this. Let's get this done. Hey, We're here to let the world know that there is a city on a hill because we're building one. Amen. I said, we're building one. Come on, help me. Help me. We're building a city. I will get in your face. Jill, we're building a city. Joel, Joel smiled this morning during worship. That was a big move. Should have sung that song. There is a move. Joel smiled. <laughs> I'm just preparing him for his next assignment. This church is for thee. Who's it for? The church for the city. It's not just for you. It's for the city. Number two, this church is for the region. This church is for the region. We've got a regional assignment. Because not only, you know, uh, I had a word a couple of years ago over me and I sort of struggled with the word a bit because it didn't fit 
with what I thought. It was when Darren Canning was here down at Bunyip and he said, you are a father of revival. And I thought, that just doesn't sit. I knew that I was a, you know, what I was. I knew that I had a call, but it was about, it just didn't fit with me. But he said, you're a father of revival. I tell you what I believe. This church, if you start just doing what I ask you to do, sharing, reaching out, loving people, inviting people, this church will double by halfway through next year. If. This church is for the region. Because all the churches in the region, there's some really great churches, but they're all restricted. And I believe that God's called us to break through the boundaries and to set the standard in the region. Now, I'm not saying we're better, am I? If you hear that, you're hearing wrong. We have got our purpose. We've got our uh, call, and it's a breakthrough anointing on our church. You know, uh, Liesl prophesied that before she ever knew what was here. It's the, uh, the breakthrough anointing that's on this church. If it opens up here in sale, it'll open up everywhere. So this church is for the region. And as far and you know, with me, over the years, God's connected me very well with every pastor, even the ones that don't like me, are nice to me. <laughs> I don't, they're trying to figure that out. How could anybody not like me, Jeremy? So we're for the city, we're for the region, and we're for the nation. Do you know what? Someone sent a prophetic word this year from an, uh, a ch church down the road and said that they believe that Pastor Brian is called to speak prophetically to the nation and the nations. That, that's the call on me. That's the call. Are we going to fulfill our assignment? So this is the prelude to handing it over. And I know what's coming is going to be uh, very important. We need a generation who can rise. Because what the church is, is the base to push the prophetic word out into every corner of the nation. Yep. Do you know when we were in PNG two weeks ago with Dr. Jonathan, we sat there with the Prime Minister. On the Monday, he spent the whole day with the Prime Minister. There is a grace over us. The Prime Minister came and said, I am here to support the man of God. Can you believe that? So there is a nation-changing grace that's in the church. I'll tell you, the answer is not going to come through the political. It will come when men who have Christ rule on the inside of them, men and women who have Christ rule on the inside of them, take responsibility for the state of the nation. So we need a generation who can rise. Last week, I spoke prophetically about the future and the Anzac call. Go back and have a listen to it because... You need to be able to rise. Yeah. 
You've got to be able to deal with every limitation. Some are rising now. Others may be even feeling a little bit, oh, I just feel uncomfortable on the inside. Don't worry about it. Just this is how you handle discomfort. This is how you handle limitations. In your heart, you just say yes. Yes deals with every limiting factor. Peter, get out of the boat. Come to me. Yes. And all of a sudden, everything began to happen. See, nothing can change until you say yes. But when we have limiting factors in our own life, we say, but I can't. I'm tired, I'm, I'm hurting, I'm limited. But we've got to be able to say yes. I need to say these things because I'm only here for Sunday and I'm out again. When you hear and you can't respond well, you create a blockage. This is the truth. And this is what happens. So the overflow. Do you know what I felt it in the spirit this morning as Heidi was leading that song? She's saying there's a new level. But what was happening, there's an overflow. But because we have hurts, because we have limitations, because we have fears and we have issues, it's like the water is hitting a damn wall. And there's a blockage. But when we say, yes, Lord, we open up. The doors are not only open into the street, but the doors in the spirit realm are open so that people can be impacted and they can be caught up in the move of God. You know, what I feel is that your limiting factors can rule over you for a long time yet if you allow them. Your excuses. Your pain can be a blockage. It can be a blockage. Is this right, sir? Every day you've got to decide. Every day learn to be available. Learn to say yes. Learn to get on someone else's team. City builders team. Get on that team. Go, I am here to make this team work. I am going to throw off every fear, every limitation, every hurt, every bad memory of the past. And I'm going to stand up. Every anxiety. Some people can't break through because they're fearful. This will cost me. Decide. When you say yes... To the apostolic call, the grace comes supernaturally from heaven to help you cross over every boundary, breakthrough, every limitation, and become the person you were called to be. You can do this. You can do it. You've got it in you. You know, I want to say this. I believe in you. I believe in you. I see the challenges. I believe in you. I see the challenges. 
Sometimes when you're up there, I can just about read your mind. I see the challenges. Hey, I see the challenges. I see it. I see the challenges. I see you breaking through. I see you, whoa, just coming up. And we've only just begun. I see the challenges, Joel. I see it. What's holding you? What's holding you? You know, we can, if you come onto my team and this becomes your attitude, Pastor Brian, what can I do to make this happen? We can take the prophetic word from heaven and we can launch it out into the nation in such a way that it will hit the top to the bottom. It will happen. You wait and see. It's going to happen even if you block it. Because I'll tell you what, I'm like David. I can run through a troop and I can jump over a wall. And if you were that wall, sorry. It's nice about the love and the care. Just get out of my way. I'm coming through. I'm coming over. You look very worried, but I ain't stopping for you. I can't. Because we've got a city to take and a nation to change. Do you know what? If you're not careful, Christianity could be totally illegal in the next generation. Dump your excuses. City builders, we are like an army. This is the army of the living God. And this morning God is saying, I want you in my army. You know, I just got down here. I thought I need to get down here this morning. I need to teach these guys to pray a bit different. And I got here and the army began to rise. Come on, let's snap into gear. Let's be on time. Let's be in the prayer meeting. Let's go to the next level. Let's say to somebody, can you help me? Amen. Now, I'm done on my motivational intro. But I know where you're at. Say this, he knows where I'm at. do. Would I be on the right track? Am I being honest? Yeah. yeah. He knows where I'm at. If you want to sit down with me and have a cup of coffee and ask me where you're at, you'll be amazed at the accuracy. But even though you're where you're at, I love you. I care. And I can take you there. That's the apostolic call on my life. One last thing, the discipleship training skill has been really good. Next year, our whole church is becoming a discipleship training school. So every second Thursday or whatever night suits, we'll all gather here. Uh, mums, dads, children's will find a way to manage the children so everybody can be in it. And we're going to learn how we can do this. I need you. Christy, I see faith in your eyes. I see, I, let me at it. That's what I see in you. That's why it's going to work. Discipleship training school. So uh, I'm away in two weeks. The guys will have discipleship training as, uh, school as usual. That'll be the last one. And then next year, we're going to do discipleship training school and we are going to teach the church how to launch into the spirit prophetically to change the city 
the region and the nation. Amen? We are city builders. I need you. Say, he needs us. He doesn't need our stupidity. He doesn't need our negativity. I don't need that. Jesus can't do anything with our negativity. He needs our full support. Ruth, you're a great supporter of Lynn and myself. Awesome. And there's a new level. Amen. What's holding you back? If I'm going to be a father of revival, you have got to be the proof. Every prophetic word is conditional. And we can block it or we can shut down. We can agree there is going to be no revival. This is how you do it. You go home and you have lunch with your wife and you go, he's talking through his hat. I've heard it all before. You just shut it down. Or we can get on team and we can go, I am going to be a son of revival. I'm going to be a daughter of revival and we're going to change the nation. Shakabundi! I'll hand it over to my very dear friend. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I I was just thinking, what shall I? I knew Jeremy was going to catch me on the hop and say, do you want to say something? So... (laughs) uh, Interesting that Pastor Brian had said something about uh, how if we don't watch out, the, the whole thing of Christianity being thrown out, we are heading towards something like that. And uh, the, the word that just came to me was from Psalm 78. And I'll just read a few verses, and that's what struck me struck me very clearly. It says, it's Psalm 78, Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from their children, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wondrous works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob, and I will say a testimony here in Sale, and appointed a law in Israel here in Sale, which he commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. And when I read that, I said, wow, I believe that's the word for you this morning. Teach what you know about your God to your children. That's how the whole thing of Christianity, of what it means more than just Christianity, what it means to follow Jesus. 
to be a disciple of Jesus, to be one who loves Jesus, that's going to carry on when I'm an, an example. More than just what I say, are my children seeing me live Christ? Are they seeing me obeying the word? Are my priorities Jesus? Is he above everything else? Or do other things, the, the pressures, the pleasures, does that take over? So when I make Jesus my priority, I think everything else will fall in place. You don't have to tell much to a child. The child, children pick up. Believe me, they do. More than you telling them, live it. Then you, you, you will not be afraid of the... And more than just leaving them riches and, and wealth, and I'm not saying that's wrong. More than that, leave an inheritance, a legacy of following Jesus. That was the only thing that will sustain them. Because the world is going downhill. And if we want to change that and make life worthwhile, because the, the generation to come, it's, it's in our hands. The children yet to be born. You may be old, but you will be able to pass on something. Don't give up if there is an, a child who's disobedient, a child who's going astray. Never give up on that. Because we have seen in our own life our three children just turning around in their teens. Till then, they were wild. You name it, they've done it. And they were pastor's children. But then we, we just held on to the word of God. What you put into them when they were little, it will bear fruit. So never ever give up on, on children. But trust God and keep at it. And uh, the, they will be the rising generation. They will be the, the prophetic generation. And being a prophetic generation is not necessarily just going and saying, thus says the Lord. But being prophetic is you're able to see beyond the natural. That is a prophetic generation. They are not pulled down by what they see, but they move on because they're connected to heaven and they're not afraid of what they face. So with that, I'll just close. After hearing Pastor Brian, I don't think I should be standing here. Just say yes, I'll sit down. Because actually he said it all. Do you know something? When the apostolic father speaks, the other one just comes and hears and continues to speak in the context of what is spoken. Because if I don't do that by the grace of God this morning, then my text out of the context will become a pretext. I can articulate very well, it will mean nothing. So thank you, Pastor Brian. Because it takes the apostolic, okay, to pave the way for the prophetic. It is so imperative for you and me to understand, an average pastor cannot do this. Pastors can be pastoral. Evangelists can be evangelists. Teachers can be teachers. But the apostle is a different story. And since this is an apostolic church, 
and is an apostolic base for the city, for the region, for the nation, for the world. We have been to churches in some parts of the world, 10,000. There's a church in our city back home, 50,000. They have eight services per day. The seats are getting warm, that's all. Because they're not apostolic. You see, the thing of being apostolic is apostle definition is a sent one. Definition of a pastor, shepherd, is not a sent one. Because he is not sent, he keeps the sheep. He's so scared, so insecure. That's why Jesus very quickly, after praying in the night, chose the twelve and he called them apostles on the spot. He didn't call them disciples. Get this straight. He called them apostles. The perception of Jesus on these 12 guys from day one, apostles. Because he is the only accurate apostle, Jesus himself. Jesus Christ was not a disciple of God. Talk to me. Jesus Christ was not a disciple of any other man. Because Jesus Christ is God. Even though he is the second part of the Trinity called the Son of God, but he is not a disciple and disciple by God. He was a son, okay, who had everything imparted from the fathers. Different. See, like Pastor Brian said this morning, you and I cannot take anything. Forget the city. You can't take your, you can't take your neighborhood if you don't understand to move in the apostolic. Yes. Yes, you can't. You can do all signs and wonders, driving out all demons, and you know, all the tricks of the trade for 45 years I've tried. <laughs> in my pastoral ministry, 25 years I got it wrong. Don't feel sorry for me. Just say yes and thank you. <laughs> because when you get it wrong, you seek how to get it right. And that's how sovereignly it takes a Chinese church in KL to introduce us to Papa. Crazy. We do not know the guy. We know one of the members of his church who married an Indian and stays in Chennai. And that guy called Sarah and me and said, you want to go for the school of the prophet? I said, but you have been invited. No, I don't like the way Jonathan Davis speaks. So, he said, you want to go? I said, okay. I said, who's going to take us? A Chinese pastor, Richard Toh. Oh, okay. Where does he live? KL. Okay. Till then, we've not been to Malaysia. Everything worked out. First session, March 2nd, 2002, sitting on the second row in the Bible school, not where they have it now. And there I was wondering and telling Sarah, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Okay, and quietly this tall gentleman walks, you know, flight of steps and removes his footwear and puts another footwear 
I thought to myself, maybe he's beginning to stand on holy ground. He stands there. I tell Sarah, wow, he's an Indian. <laughs> I told her, he's an Indian. Looking at the oil in the air, I know which part of India comes from. <laughs> it comes from our home. <laughs> Hello. First state, two or three statements. You know, how many of your husbands here? How many of your husbands? Do you know in certain things, there's a kind of an elbowing from your wife? <laughs> yes or no? And Jesse made about three statements and Sarah was elbowing me. This is the man. This is the man. This is the man we have been searching for more than 30 years in our life. Yeah. And I'm telling you, wait, wait. The next statement he made put me off. She's jumping and saying, this is the man. After the statement, what I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you why it put me off. Because I said, this is not the man. <laughs> we were 100 pastors from 20 countries. And I was the greedy me who said to Sarah, we'll sit in the second row. So run quickly after breakfast, sit in the second. Only 100 people. He came and looked at all of us after saying all this and Sarah elbowing and saying, this is the man. He said, you know why you guys are here? Because you know nothing. <laughs> By this time, I finished 26 years of being a pastor and I elbowed. Who's this guy who's telling us? We know nothing. <laughs> okay. I was trying to you know, comprehend that. And he said, you know why you're here? Because the mercy of God is on you. If he said what you said today, the favor of God, I would have been happy. The mercy of God. That's why he brought you here. Otherwise, you're ready to the cemetery. I told Sarah when we went for lunch, this is not the man. She said, this is the man. This is not the man. Then when I began to hear, I never heard, because I've heard all top people, theologians in the world, I'm a theologian myself, yeah. I've been under the feet of amazing theologians, but I never heard them like the way this man spoke. By Wednesday, when he had the breakthrough service, everything broke in me. <laughs> it turned around, because I had the understanding I need a father. Yes. Now why I'm saying this is because I want, I want you to know we are friends, Pastor Lynn and Pastor Brian, Sarah and me, because we are on the same page with the same father. Otherwise there will be a contradiction, okay, and there will be a problem. There will be what the world calls as personality clash. The church calls this the clash with the personality. Is that Okay. So I want to tell you why we are here. It's not an act of accident. It's a work of providence. And the work of providence has taken four and a half years since we met him. The sovereign connection in the father's house in Muad. Okay? So thank you for calling. I need to say this is because I hold myself absolutely responsible not to err in my teaching. 
I can't afford to be inaccurate with a person and a couple who's carrying the heart of God and moving in the next level, the next level, the next level in accuracy. Because they are moving in different levels of, of accuracy, that's why you guys are getting clarity. More and more you'll notice the two of them will talk less because they, they don't need to explain more. I like these announcements. They are short. The more the church spends five to ten minutes on announcement, the church is going nowhere. Because if you're going where the Father is taking you, you don't need any announcement because the announcements and the happenings of the church becomes common sense. You know what's happening on Thursday. You know what's happening on Wednesday. You know what's happening on a Tuesday. You don't need to be reminded. Can I be honest with you? Uh, thank you. You can't do anything. I have the mic. You still can't do anything. I have the mic. Only disobedient children need reminders. And the parents said, Amen. <laughs> Is that okay? Obedient children don't need reminders. Is that okay? The favor of God. Let me pick up from that as the Spirit has put in my heart. Psalm 5 and verse 12. Psalm 5 and verse 12. Can somebody read that please? Loud and clear. Psalm 5 verse 12. Anybody? What's the last bit, Corey? Ooh. What's your shield? What's the shield? Oh. Sir, you and the city builder church is surrounded with the favor of God is a shield. Nothing else which is unfavorable can penetrate. You cannot. If they have to penetrate, they have to penetrate through God. You think they can do that? You think they can do that? They can't. They can't penetrate through God. Anything unfavorable. Is that okay? You're surrounded with the favor of God like a shield. That is why Pastor Brian this morning through the Spirit was able to tell you we can take the city, we can take the region, we can take the nation, we can take the nations of the world. That is not a ambitious, avaricious statement. He's saying it is possible, he's saying it is doable because God is there. He is the one who gives you favor. He is taking you to a next level. 
And when he catches you, nobody can snap you out of your father's hand or my hand, said Jesus. Is that okay? A um, lot of things the Spirit has deposited in my spirit. And I have to be very clear to know what to give and what not to give. When to give, when not to give. How much to give, how much to withhold. Not that you can't take it, but there is the timings of God that he speaks prophetically for the next move of God. Okay, we ask the Spirit to help us this morning. Okay, because we just want to know, this, this is not an intellectual exercise, this is not a university, this is not a theological school, it is life. And for our life and godliness, there is a season when we have corporate meeting that the Spirit of God just comes and moves. So when we walked in, and Heidi, when you started, the first thing that I saw was this entire place is surrounded by angels and the angels are telling to each other, move, move, I want to see. And then as we began to worship, I saw the Spirit of God coming like a dove and resting here. He will not rest if he is uncomfortable. So I want to pronounce and encourage you, he's come to rest. You'll have to understand me. Because I'm moving prophetically. So you should not misunderstand me. Listen to this carefully. The Spirit of God has come to rest because He's comfortable. Don't be disappointed. He's yet not resting on every shoulder that is gathered here. He will rest on your shoulder when you stop being uncomfortable about what God is telling you. How many of you, church, want to do the will of God? How many of you want to do the will of God? Fantastic. Quoting Dr. Tunde Bakre said, if there is no inconvenience, it's not the will of God. Naturally, it has to be inconvenient for you. Supernaturally, it is conducive for you. Have you got it? That is why Pastor Brian said, you know, there's all this business of fear and, you know, depression. Just get out of it and say yes. Yeah. And once you say yes, the Spirit will come and sit on people who say yes to the Father. The Spirit came over Christ because he said yes to the Father. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he said in the, before the foundation, okay, Dad, what do you want to say? Uh, you're going to be the part of the Trinity going to the earth. Yes! See, that is why the Father of the house says here, say yes. Most of the time when we say yes, it doesn't matter if you don't understand for what we're saying yes. You can't understand and then say yes. That is being a scientist. Because a scientist works on this formula. Experiment, observation, inference. That's why 
Augustine, the Bishop of Hippo said, he said, I need to understand, then I need to see, then I will believe. And the Holy Spirit came and said, that's not the way it works. You first believe, then you will see, then you will understand. You know how this came? History says this was a Trinity Sunday, so Saturday he went by the beachside and he said, God, speak to me about Trinity. And then he saw a small boy with a pail going to the sea, picking up water and coming, in, and coming and emptying it in a hole that he's made. And the Spirit told him, do you see that, Augustine? That's what you're trying to do about Trinity. You must first believe. Then you will see. Then you'll understand. Now, to become city takers, yeah. you need to first believe what the Father of the house is saying. Yeah. Without faith, nothing is possible. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah. It's crazy. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, it's absolutely crazy. You take an agriculturist like Noah and make him a marine engineer. It has to be God. Hello? So, but he believed. And it says in Genesis 6, the favor of the Lord was on Noah. In other words, God stamped his favor on Noah. And all the entire blueprint with the specification of the measurement was given to a guy who was doing agriculture. He was a vine dresser. There's nothing to do with marine engineering. Now, when God shows you favor and God speaks to the father of the house and you just say, yes, you will do what your eyes have not seen, what your ears have not heard, for those who love God and who are called. That is why the apostolic father calls you this morning. He was calling you. Every Sunday is calling you. Every midweek meeting is calling you. He's calling you. And if you respond to the call and just say, hello, he's just saying, I'll join a team. When you join the team, what have you done? You join the team. <laughs> and once you come into the team, <laughs> sorry, they're not going to make you the leader of the team. Yeah. They're going to check you out. And the best way to check you out is to give you menial job. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, can you put away all the chairs? And all of us are going now. We all are hungry, we are going, I'm sorry, sorry. But, and then this guy said, that's unfair, he's lost it. Because when you come into a team, the team leader already knows your potential. He will never ask you to do something that you do not know how to do. See, that is why he says, I can see, you saw this morning? I'm just going along with him. I can see this. I can see that his mentioned name. I know this. I know this. You just come and have a cup of coffee with me. I will tell you. He is not primarily speaking prophetically. He is speaking apostolically. He is speaking apostolically, but he is seeing prophetically. Is it okay? You excited? The favor of the Lord is upon you. You know, which means wherever you go, you take his favor. Yes. 
You just touch people. You just speak to people. Favor of God. Favor of God. It's quickly transferred. Don't be worried how people respond or react. Don't worry. I love people to react. Because they're reacting according to their opinion. They're responding according to my opinion. Is that okay? All these guys who say no to Jesus are ready to say yes very quickly. All the guys who keep saying yes, yes, yes to Jesus, they will say no eventually. Is that okay? I'm going to speak to you, as the Spirit showed me, about your body and my body in 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Corinthians 6 is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to do a quick temple study from the life of King David in Chronicles and then connect with Jesus, then come to you. We'll go backwards. So 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6, twice Paul says, Church of Corinth, do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You see, it's only one sentence, but it's loaded. I'll show you how it is loaded by going back to the Old Testament. Is it okay? Going back to the Old Testament. So, come with me to Chronicles, please. First Chronicles 17. Please follow the train of thought to where I started this morning about apostolic father. Because it took father David, who is the father of Solomon, to tell him, I have desired that I am living in such a palatial place. There is no room for the ark. I want to build a house for my God. He's telling that to Solomon. He's crying out. Is it okay? Right? Verse 11, please. Okay? This guy wants to build the temple. And it shall be when your days are fulfilled, when you must go to be with your fathers and will set up your seed after you, who will be of your sons, I will establish his kingdom. He shall build my house, and I will establish the throne forever. I will be his father, he shall be my son. I will not take my mercy away from him, as I took it from him who was before you. And I will establish him in my house, and in my kingdom forever, and his throne will be established forever. David, King David, is such a worshiper. King David, God told him, you're a man after my heart. It was not a man who told David. It was God who said, you're a man after my own heart. A guy who's a worshiper. Now this guy, when he sinned and committed the sin of adultery, and he comes out of it in Psalm 51, says a very important loaded statement, create in me a clean heart of God. You remember that? Now, this is the punch. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. 
something before the Holy Spirit came to dwell in people after, after the day of Pentecost, there was a prelude experience who, not with a king, but a worshipper called David. He said, you know what I am today? It's because of your spirit. And as soon as I sin, I'm crying to you. He didn't say anything else. He said, you can take everything. Do not take your Holy Spirit. Even if you take away my silver, my gold, my palace, my kingship, it's okay. Do not take your Holy Spirit. Now hold on to that. Now because of that, this guy says, I want to build a temple. And if you read the ensuing chapters, please go back home and read because I want to just say certain things, prophesy and release what God has and pray with you and pray for you and pray through you. Okay? Because the call is to take the city, the region and the nation. I've just given you a base text, please. He said, I want to build the house and prophetically, you not you, but your son. And this guy says, yes! The father of the house said this morning, just say, yes. Now, how can that be? I fought the battles. I pushed out the Philistines. No, 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 no. Don't bring your credential. When I, the Lord, your God, who called you and God reminds you, hey, don't forget, you were a shepherd boy when I picked you up. If you want to live in the present and explore and explode in the future, never forget your past from where God has picked you up. Hello. Don't forget, David, you're a shepherd boy. A shepherd boy becoming a king has to be God. Is that okay? Now, I appreciate, David, that you want to build me a temple, but my plan, my purpose is for your son. That doesn't mean to say, I am putting you down. Please tell me, run through your mind and answer yourself. Suppose King David built the temple, what would be in the outcome? He's a warrior, he's a king, he's a popular guy, he's ruled the nation, the entire enemies are scared of him. He built the temple, what would have happened? What would have happened if Jesus didn't come? Now, that's the easy one for you. What would have happened if Jesus didn't come? No, what will happen if Jesus didn't come to the world? Oh, you won't be sitting here. I won't be here. The very fact we are here is because Jesus came. Hey, there's a principle here. You think God could not have come? You think the Holy Spirit could not have come? No, the Father said, I'll send the Son. Can you see that? Can you see that? He takes the son and sends the son to be the savior of the world even though God the father can be the savior of the world. The one who saves the world. Have you got it? He is still involved but he sends the son. He is still involved but he sends the sons. Is that clear please? You cannot live Without the Father. 
many people say well you know after that david died and you know the sons took over the sons don't take over father dies the son begin to take over when the father is alive and work with the father live with the father and explode with the father because if the father is taken up to heaven you will be orphans you will be fatherless and somebody said anybody who's fatherless cannot go to the next level which is taking a step further father will take you further fatherless you're stopped you're okay keep the train of thought i'm just connecting the whole thing here so he says david solomon which of the sons did david like as a favorite absalom you remember how he wept you remember the psalm he wrote because of what absalom did and this god says is solomon why is solomon because i have decided it's solomon do you know he prepared go and read in chronicles after that verse i showed you in the other chapters he sat down and meticulously prepared prepared the resources for solomon to build the temple solomon didn't give a dime solomon didn't give a dollar in contribution to build to the temple here's this guy king david gold after gold silver after silver you just read that whole this morning i refreshed my memory i read the whole thing you're talking about more than the wealth of all nations you know in australia neighboring countries put together you change it to dollars you will be absolutely amazed and david got the resources not primarily for his son the heart desire i want to build a temple for my god so that when he's handing over the treasury when he's handing over the team musicians levite etc etc david our king solomon will not want to go and search for anything there's no lack Heidi was talking about some people interpret these songs as prosperity theology and she said that is wrong you touch god he'll make you prosper that is your psalm 1 in everything that he does he'll prosper his leaves will not wither he'll bear fruit in all season and whatever he does he'll prosper you meditate on this word day and night joshua and you teach the people joshua 1 8 and 9 you meditate whatever you do you'll prosper the word prosper in joshua 1:8 and 9 is success psalm 1 is prosper don't worry about theology and theologians so i'm setting you free you must say thank you anyway that's okay i'm setting you free because theology and theologian is man's viewpoint of god how much can he get nothing because he's not god he takes god to understand god yeah <laughs> and the closest that he's made us in christ is he made us sons of god to everybody that believed in his name john 1 and verse 13 he gave them the power 
to become sons of God, not born of the flesh, not born of the mind of the, the will of the husband, but born of God. Yeah, yeah. So because you and I are born of God, we can do and understand God. Is that okay? And here you find here, David is, I mean, is overflow. This morning we sang, overflow, overflow. It has to overflow. I walked in yesterday with Sarah and Pastor uh, Brian here, and I said, come here, come here. He was there in that room. I said, come here, come here. I said, can you see different nation flags just displayed here? He said, yes. If you didn't say yes, then I'll say this morning is contradicting. He said, yes. He said, yes. Last week, the first flag came. He showed Sarah and me the British flag. Hey, 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 hey. Hey. I observe everything. Because I want to see how God is speaking to me. I said, God, when he showed me yesterday, the British flag. You're going to see church flags coming. So let me release. Give me a break from the temple. I'll come back to it. Our daughter, when we first came two months ago, I told her, Christine, orientate us to the Aussies. She said just one word, she said. Flexible. Flexible, don't be like the way in India, very meticulous, flexible. So I'm being an Aussie. I did Chronicles, now I'm coming to prophecy. Is that okay? Is that okay? But fine. I told him when he was driving us on Friday from Melbourne to Sale. I started speaking to him prophetically those three hours because I can't do anything else. I mean, if I had to ask him, oh, so Pastor Brian, how's Scott Morrison? He'll be wondering what's my interest in Scott Morrison. You know what I mean? We're talking about God. We're talking everywhere we move under the open heaven. And I want to download, give it, download, give it, download, give it. Because we are here for this time for three days. And I want to give it all. Not that I'm not coming back. I'm not self-inviting myself. He said, you're coming back. But we capitalize on that. That's why we are called Indians. You have to be very careful what you talk to an Indian because he will capitalize. And again and again, he'll say, you said it. You said it. I Okay. I told him. This stable will be a place for teaching, for training, for sending. That's your first prophetic word. For teaching, for training, for sending. I told him in the car, some courses will be one month duration, some courses will be three months, some courses will be six months, some courses will be one year. Different kinds of teaching, training and sending. The next thing I told him, you're going to get different nationalities from different parts of the world to come here and get trained. Mm, I 
request you to, for your sake, not my sake, get more enthusiastic. Hey, this is loaded. You're going to see all different shades of the skin in this place. You're going to see it. It's going to happen. Here is a sign because the prophetic, anything that will be permanent starts with something with a sign. The sign is all the nations of immigrants that are in Australia, they will first start coming here. It's like testing. It's like feeling the pulse. And they will tell their nation, there's a place here where God is, where great things are happening, send people here. Okay? When, coming back to David, when King David had this entire loads and overflow of resources, Solomon was saying, I think, when he came into the whole thing, what the heck, what do I do with this? Because this fellow has never seen such resources. Sir, last night, the Holy Spirit showed me the old picture of different cargoes those days that came by ship. It's okay? God took me back because you're going to get ship loads of wealth for this place sent by God. Um, I'm missing my African church because if I was in Africa by now, they'd be screaming, they will dance for five minutes and they say, okay, pastor, next point. <laughs> Is it okay? Yeah. Hey, I'm not lying. Please, don't misunderstand me. Even if you think temporarily this will not happen, it's happening. I said it's happening. I didn't say it's going to happen. Is that okay? Shiploads. You are going to be one of the guys chosen by God to show as a model that the wealth of the wicked that is stored up for the righteous, you will begin to tap it. Very few people, one person I know has done is Dr. Tunde Bakran, the second person, Dr. Jonathan David, I'm yet to see others who will tap the wealth of the wicked that is stored. The wicked will not give the wealth. We need to know how to go and take it. So the second prophecy for you is you're going to take it. The father will teach you in the house how to take the wealth that is stored up for the righteous by the wicked. And that cannot be done here. In this premises, it cannot be done. Why? But those who sit here are not wicked. They are righteous. Hello. It's not taking contribution and support and sponsor from the body of Christ. It's the whole body of Christ taught by the Father to go out into the marketplace, to go out in the education center, to go out in the entertainment center, to go everywhere and begin to tap. And bring it here. It's very interesting, sir, what you said this morning, that one of the prophetic words for you is, you're the father 
Sorry? Of revival. You read Isaiah 60, sir, when you go back in Isaiah 60, God says, your children will come from afar, from all over. The two of you, out of your loins, when you do the teaching and the training, you will not send those who came as students, you will send them as your sons and daughters. Because they will come and say, we want to be your sons and daughters. They're not going against their authority. Now, I'm not giving a drink called Milo to Pastor Brian to just pep him up. Drink some more, drink some more. No. You know the Milo drink? Yeah. I'm not come here to fan into flame Okay, this man, I'm coming here to say what God has for this man. What God has for this man, what God has through this man, what God has for this man. Because it has to begin with the two of them. Hey, they're not special. Oh, just say yes, they won't worry. They're not special. They're not special. But they're specifically called, ordained and positioned. You understand that understanding fathering and apostolic fathering becomes so easy. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Sir, the different things that I saw taking place here, I saw business conferences. I saw making, I saw principals of schools and colleges come in and say, how can we change the curriculum and the very ethos, the very philosophy of education in Australia? I saw it in spirit. Yes. Yes. Sir, I saw heads of department, professor, deans of top universities here coming and telling, teach us the ways of God. For them, he is not an educationist, yes or no? But for God, he will educate them. Yeah. You need not be qualified by the world to educate people from the Bible. Yeah. He said, okay, bringing into the perspective of these people in the natural, what the supernatural wants for Australia. I saw that here. I saw workshops taking place here where young people are coming here to learn music, art, entertainment, go out there and turn it around. Thank you for taking us to Locksport yesterday because I asked the Lord, what are you doing here? And Sarah sat next to me and she said, this is the future for you. That this place, and he said, that's a pastor and his wife. I said, oh. We're singing. And then he said, this is the ministry that they do. He's, he's a brilliant accountant. He left everything and obeyed God. They're going around. And then he said, they'll be here teaching this next generation because the entertainment industry, most of the churches feel it is impossible to retrieve. It's possible for you. It's possible because God is in it. Hey, listen. I saw Pastor Brian and Pastor Lynn. I want to submit this to you. I saw amazing top pop artists coming here. And sir, they're asking you. We practice so much. 
we sweat it out so much to cut one disc. How do you do it so peacefully without anxiety? You will teach them. Why are you anxious about what you shall eat? What you shall drink? What you shall wear? Be anxious about nothing. But with prayer and thanksgiving, let your... What? So if I do that, the peace of God will pass all your understanding and it will garrison your heart. It will protect you. They will tell you, sir, and your people, I want it, I want it, because you said that lady came who sold berries and cried because she said the church loves. These pop stars will come and say, we want this God of peace, the Prince of peace, and the Spirit of peace. They'll say it because we have been working with some of these pop stars. When we were studying in, in England, I met some of these guys. They said, I said, what are you seeking for? I thought they will say love. They said, no, peace. Because deep down, they don't have peace. They're coming here. They're coming here. Okay, even if you don't say yes, if, at least you can show me two of your teeth, I'll be happy. Smile. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Yep. Have you got it? Hey, please don't worry that you're saying I'm not adequate. No, inadequacy is the right sign for God to move. Because inadequacy makes you and I depend on the Holy Spirit and not on our mental and our skills. It'll happen. So here was David coming back who got all these loads of money and he says, Solomon, it's for you. And the portion that I read to you says, God says, I will establish your sons. Do you know the apostolic fathers, we need not establish sons because that's the work of the Father God to establish you. So go back today and say, Father, establish me through them. Father, establish me through them. What should you ask for being established? Like he said this morning, please go and do that. Do that. Do that frequently. Do that. You'll be established. Anything repetitive is the mother of all learning. You'll get established. How do you know you're established? Because it'll become a reflex action. To put away the chairs, if it becomes a reflex action without being told what to do, you're established. In your aspect of serving. He finished this meeting and you run and you say, oh, okay, uh, uh, let me give coffee for certain people because the Spirit of God will tell you this one, that one, this one, that one, six cups of coffee. You will listen. You are established. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Is it okay? <laughs> he showed us yesterday the future cafeteria here. <laughs> I asked him, where's the, where's the cafeteria? Because I thought the cafeteria is here that can have a cup of coffee. He says, yet not come. It's not a cafeteria. That cafeteria will turn out to be, and the Lord showed me this, like Gloria. You will have that everywhere as branches. A replica of this cafeteria in the whole of Australia. Why? People will come because of quality. People will come because of quality. You will be a quality people. You don't need to have the quantity of 10,000 people sitting here. Because more than 10,000 will come and go from different nations to be taught, 
to be trained to be sent so don't worry is it okay yeah oh where is sarah not this sarah the floor is sarah sarah your wife sir she is not here she'll be coming oh okay okay when she comes i'll tell her to conclude and come to jesus and you and me as a temple of the holy ghost king solomon gave instruction that the stones from the quarry would be chipped and cut outside far far away no sound it is done in peace they finish it and they just come and fix it finish it no noise see when you are at peace and i am at peace everything that we'll do will be in peace others will go to pieces yeah. worry anxiety fear will just go to pieces but when you're on peace I, 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 i like this man and his wife there is such peace yeah do they really know you <laughs> oh sorry okay <laughs> there there peace i mean this guy stands up here he's very peaceful he doesn't show anxiety hey guys say yes say yes say yes i think we can take the city he says whether you're coming or not i like the way he wants to leap over the wall and i like the way he said it you're the wall and he doesn't bother and i like the way he was very apolog- apologetic when he said i'm sorry if you're the wall he didn't say i'll break you he said i'll leap over you yeah. hello he's not a destroyer he's a builder yeah. is that okay and when he is leaping over your wall please at least extend this hand to give him a help <laughs> yeah yeah it was done in absolute peace every part of the temple reflects and projects christ in his shadow i have a whole series of teaching on the temple of solomon everything is about christ Let's jump to Christ. He was walking in the Gospel of John, I think it's chapter 2. And he said, "Hey, give us a sign." And Jesus said, "Destroy this temple, and in 3 days I will raise it up." See you guys. It has taken 46 years to build the temple. and you say destroy this temple but then later on john the apostle who writes the gospel said he was speaking about himself if you look at the life of christ he went seldom to the temple even more to the synagogue and on the street he loved to be a street man next prophecy city builders you will be more into the street monday to saturday and just come here to get again equipped to go back to the street because that's what jesus did went to the highway byway just went hey, jesus went for all parties thank you no i thought you were apprehensive he went for all parties hey, he was very cool 
he went to the pharisee's house he was called for the party he was there it's okay and the pharisee was upset hey this is a prostitute jesus was not she breaks that pure nard which is one year's wages as the cost and she begins to pour it on jesus and the pharisee said if hey, this was a prophet he will know she is a prostitute yeah. jesus never looks at you as a sinner yeah. he looks at you as the one who will follow me said wherever the gospel is preached yeah. this things will be told about because once jesus transforms he makes you the transformer to do transformation Hello? Yeah. This is what the Spirit showed me about you as a church. You'll be transformed, you'll become a transformer, and you'll do transformation. Yeah. Yes. It's going to happen. Destroy this temple in three days. So ever after Jesus rose from the dead, the entire disciples and the first century church, they became transformed. they became a transformer and they became and they did transformation is it okay yeah. so by the time you come to the end of the first century they reach their then known world the time and season is coming that god is going to repeat that yeah next prophecy our selling pastor brian as we are driving i said look this is what god is showing me very very clearly there were days sociologists sociology have been teaching us that cities are trend setters correct yeah. cities are trend setters he started with cain he was a trend setter in genesis chapter 4 today as the kingdom of god is rising cities will not be trend setters but little town little villages little minute cities okay they will become the trend setter that is why sale is going to be a trend setter beginning with city builders church for the whole of australia <laughs> you can't set a trend if you're not a model the ramp that you'll be walking is called the world you'll be walking on the ramp you are the model so you will become a trend setter i told them very openly i said people are going to say you're talking about sale they will say the same thing that nathaniel said to philip can anything good come out of nazareth there are many people who are say can anything good come out of sale yes and they will say come let us go and see they're going to come yeah. you know what is the greatest blessing for you no promotional work no advertising no promotional work no advertising you know why the lord taught sir and me you live christ will come searching for you because you'll form a magnetic field they'll come for you they will come for you they will come for you name in the leper didn't go to elisha because of advertisement hello Have you got it? So there's no advertisement from you, but they'll come. You will be a trendsetter. Final prophecy, sir. I've we've been walking to this building from last April. 
we saw how it was and we seeing how it is this morning just walking in i just first said spirit of god what are you going to do as the next level and they sang the next level sir i submit this to you as you steward this building the lord will give you some very historic strategic old buildings 50 75 80 years old to go back take it turn it around because if you're faithful in little correct jesus said he'll give you much you cannot stop it you cannot so when they see you stewarding this they will say wow the government of australia they will come and they will say please we are almost wanting to demolish this building we are almost wanting wait 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 they will say can you come and help us and suppose pastor brian said how do you think we can we heard about the stables yeah. when god works in his people intensively intentionally they cannot stop hearing it will just go Pastor Lynn yesterday showed us, you know, a little bit in the newspaper. <laughs> You're going to be in the headlines. Just say yes. Hey, this morning he says say yes. Others will block it. You'll put a limit. Just say yes. It's going to come, not because he's in the newspaper. He does newspaper work. No. because he will send angels like they went to the shepherd glory to god on the highest peace on earth good will to men for unto you a child hey you will find a baby wrapped up hey others who don't told the shepherds yeah nobody bothers to tell the shepherd they don't like that profession sir in those days angels that is why when i came this morning i saw angels out angels and i'll tell you i'll tell you honestly so what i saw no one angel saying move move move, move i want to see move move i want to see yeah because they want to peep over let me tickle your brains angels also have height they're not of the same height I'll open up the ministry of angel to you you'll be sitting here till midnight hey yeah. that's it then paul says king david wanted to build a temple the son built the son of god himself is a temple and the son of god through salvation through the holy spirit says do you not know now the temple of solomon is gone the temple of the son of god is the son is gone up but he is now chosen yeah. i'll come and reside in this yeah. body for you for julian it may be limited for the holy spirit is unlimited to come into his spirit so do you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit which means wherever you move god moves Okay, as I conclude, say to yourself, "I am the temple of the Holy Spirit." Repeat, "I am the temple of the Holy Spirit." Jesus lives in me. 
that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. You as a church are going to hear when you go to certain areas that a lot of demonic activities are going on here, you will just go, they will tell you. What have you got to do with us, City Builder Church? Have you come to destroy us? You will not scream. You will say, shut up, get out. <laughs> Nothing of Jesus delivering from demons, he shouted. He did not shout at the spirits. Evil spirits are not deaf. So you will be like Jesus. Shut up. You are not disturbing them. You are not praying and saying, God show us all the... Don't ask God for evil spirit. Ask God to show you the depth of the Holy Spirit. And when you walk in that dimension, because do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, when you go, they will say, Sir, I heard that. Why have you come to destroy us? Yeah. I do not know certain places, but when I move around, I can catch. Sarah and I can catch demonic activities, spirit, uh, witchcraft, yeah. black magic. Yeah. I can catch it. Yeah. You will just go even for a picnic. Uh, what, have you, what have you got to do with us? You say, buddy, I'm also belonging to this area. I can come to any picnic. So what have you got to do with us? That is not enough. Have you come to destroy us? Shut up, go. The entire area and vicinity, heavens will open, and like Saikar village, the whole village will come to Jesus. That's what prophetically he said this morning, speaking apostolic the Father, they're going to come in. They're going to come in. But the way they're going to come in depends on you. Yeah. Yeah. It's doable. Is doable. Yes. And that you said, in the name of Jesus, anything can change. Is that okay? Yeah. You're a great people. You have a great God. You have a tremendous overflow of favor. And even if you do not want to go to the next level, he'll kick you up and he'll go. Yeah. And if you're still struggling, he'll catch you by the hair, how much of you have, and he'll pull you up. Why? Because his purpose is when he has chosen that you will fulfill it, he can't allow you to drown. Yeah. Or be tremendously blessed. Yes. Because it's not only a new day, it's going to be new happenings. And it's going to be a daily phenomena. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, sir. Amen. Amen. Very good. Let's give him a big hand. Amen. How do you finish after a meeting like that, eh? Does anybody want to ask him some questions? Can I ask you a question? After receiving a prophetic word over, uh, over our church like that, and... Uh, Dr. Jonathan's word over at church, what do we need to do? Start by saying yes. Okay. 
I think Mary had a fair excuse to say no to uh, the angel Gabriel. She had big reasons to say no. She wasn't even married for a start. But she said, okay, how can this be? I've never been with a man, nevertheless, let it be done at your word. And I think this is what we've got to do. I think our arch enemy is, is the excuses we've always made. And they're the first things that pop up when the word comes. So if we can reprioritize our life. The other thing that I want to do is I want to uh, offer an appointment for a coffee with every person in this church to talk about how you can go to the next level. Because I believe these coming months represent that seasons. And sometimes, you know, you can be just uh, in a rut, stuck, have barriers that uh, no one else can see on a Sunday, and they are your enemy. I'm not your enemy, they are. Just a little thing about my own spiritual father. In the early days, I was intimidated by his prophetic accuracy. So I was quite happy being on the other side of the room. You like that? Did you hear that story? He sat them on, in the front row, didn't he? Why did he do that, do you think? <laughs> so that he'll get at me. Yep. Because he, he, he believed he was called to be your father. So uh, I, used to, I had to get over myself. I used to go like this. I don't think uh, I want him to see what I've been up to. This time in PNG called me over, called me right up to his face and he was this far away from me. And he said, Brian, I want you to come closer to me. I was thinking to myself, you can't get much closer than this. But do you know, a lot of problems could be sorted out if we just had that relationship where uh, you were able to come. Do you know what? Uh, it's sort of like this. I'm called to be your leader. But sometimes I find myself following you. And, and there's a spiritual principle in it because Jesus left the 99 to find the one. But I want to say this to you, don't be that one. Come, follow me. Let's change the city. Let's impact the region and let's bring the prophetic word to the nation. You just heard it confirmed today.